It's an honor to welcome you here to East Taylor's Roll on this Sunday morning. This is our first Sunday, as you can tell, of Vacation Bible School. There's a lot going on. But if you are visiting with us today, we encourage you to make yourselves at home and encourage you before you leave to please stop by our guest table in the lobby and pick up a guest bag. Have some information on the church. We also encourage you to fill out the care card in your bulletin and drop that in the baskets as you leave today. We would love to have a record of your visit. And also, just to let you know, our phone numbers are in the bulletin. Uh, you can come by the church office anytime if you have any questions about what it means to be a part of East Taylorsville Baptist Church. If you have questions about membership, we encourage you to please reach out to us. We are available and would love to talk to you. This week, as you know, as I just said, we are starting Bible school. And that song that they just sang, John three sixteen, For God so loved the world, if you know it, say it with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Every minute that is put into Bible school, every song that is sung, every time you get home at night and you're wore out, every decoration, all of that is for the purpose of that message being put into the lives of boys and girls. It is about the gospel being proclaimed this week. And I encourage you throughout this week that you pray for all those involved. Pray for our boys and girls that will be here our prayer is that many would come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and you're a part of that. So as we begin our service today, I'm going to ask you to stand, take just a minute, and welcome your neighbor, wave at them, and then let's begin to worship together.
Batwell's family. He passed away this last week and they, they still need our prayers. Let's pray for him this morning and their family. I want you to remember VBS this week as we, we're praying. Uh, pray for the leaders and the children as they come that they'll be open to the gospel. I want you to pray for my son Trent in South Asia and their team as they're sharing the gospel in that part of the world. He asked for our prayers today. Join me in prayer this morning. Father, we thank you so much for your presence. Lord, just to be in your presence and to know that, God, that you're with us, you never leave us, you never forsake us. You're always with us. We want to thank you for that. That you're a very present help in time of need and trouble and throughout life. Lord, you walk with us. You walk with us. You walk in us and through us. And Lord, we want to thank you for your abiding presence this morning. And Father, we pray that you'd answer prayer according to your will and your purpose this week. We pray that you'd come for those who've lost loved ones, be with Sylvia and the family. Father, bless them as they're going through a time of grieving. And Father, this morning, we want to pray for VBS this week, that you'd just pour out your spirit each and every night. And Lord, that you'd use every leader for your glory 
and for your honor that people might come to know you through the gospel. And Father, this morning I pray for Trent and his team in South Asia. You continue to bless them. Lord, as they're up every day sharing the gospel in that part of the world. Father, I thank you this morning for who you are. I thank you that the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us every step of the way. We ask for your grace, your mercy this morning. We ask for your forgiveness as we stand before you. Pour out your spirit, Father. Have the preeminence in this place in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Now, most of y'all know this, so feel free to sing along. Some of y'all, I noticed this morning, with it being Bible School Sunday and so relaxed, some of y'all actually were moving a little bit. So feel free to do that, okay, because this is the most relaxed Sunday we probably ever have. We talked about that at praise team practice. So enjoy being here, and feel free to sing along with this if you want to because it's, uh, it's super popular. But, but it's really about what we want these kids to understand at Bible schools. That is, they need to be more like Jesus and less like, less like ourselves, right? That's, what, that's really what we want them to do. So y'all sing along with me if you want to. Oh, I've had days I lose the fight Try my best but just don't get it right Where I talk, I talk that I don't walk And miss the moments right before my eyes Somebody with a hurt that I could have helped Somebody with a hand that I could have held But I just can't see past myself Lord, help me be A little more like mercy A little more like grace A little more like kindness Goodness, love and faith, a little more like patience, a little more like peace, a little more like Jesus, a little less like me. There is no denying I have changed, I've been saved from who I used to be. Even at my best, I must confess, I still need help to see the way you see. Somebody with a hurt that I could have helped, somebody with a hand that I could have helped. I just can't see past myself, Lord, help me be a little more like mercy, a little more like grace, a little more like kindness. Goodness, love and faith, a little more like patience, a little more like peace, a little more like Jesus, a little less like me. I want to be the beggar on the street, love to be your hands and feet, and freely give what I receive, Lord, help me be. And I want to push you first. No one sees, Lord, help me be, help me be a little more like mercy, a little more. 
a little more like kindness and goodness and love and faith. A little more like a little more like peace, a little more like Jesus, a little less like me, a little more of living everything I preach, a little more like Jesus, a little less like me. adventure ever? Next summer, Group VBS is taking kids on a ride they'll never forget. Get on board the Rocky Railway. Don't you love VBS week? It's my favorite week of the year. Uh, my job at VBS now is to go around and taste the food. So I'm going to make sure the food is good for everybody. Really, I do that. I taste the food to make sure it's good. Uh, before we start, some of you may have already know this, but Paul Hartman, will you raise your hand? There's Paul. Paul Hartman's 95 years old. Paul's been coming here. Hey, that's great. And I say that to say this, this will be his last Sunday with us. Paul's been an encouragement to me. He'll be going uh, home to stay with his son, uh, Jerry, uh, and daughter-in-law, Ann Hartman. If you guys will raise your hands, thank you guys so much for being here. And they'll be moving to, uh, he'll be moving to Pennsylvania, but uh, Paul, we love you. Uh, Paul has written two books. I've written a forward in one of his books. Uh, one is about his life, which I'd encourage you to get. He has some here. The second one are just little illustrations about life, and they are so good. And I read one of those every morning, Paul, when I come in uh, to work here, and I really appreciate you. We're going to miss you a lot. You've been a tremendous encouragement to me. I went into Paul one day to talk about his, it's been years ago, to talk about his home because it needed some upgrades, right? And Paul said this, I never dreamed I'd outlive my house, and he outlived his house. So we love you, buddy. We're going to miss you so much, and I pray nothing but God's grace and peace on your life. And to your family, uh, I pray for safe travels, and please... Please keep us updated. Uh, Paul, I'll be praying for you. I know you'll be praying for me. Paul's written me letters. Uh, he's given me several things to help me with my study. And uh, we're really going to miss you, Paul. Let's give the Lord a hand clap for hit for Paul, okay? Uh, if you have your Bibles, stand with me, if you will. Go ahead and stand for Paul. Paul, we love you. Paul, you stay seated. We're standing for you. But we appreciate you, brother. Hey, you know, Byron sung about being a little more like Jesus, and that is so true. Uh, be a, also, if we could be a little more like Paul Hartman, would we not be a better people? Would we not be better people if we had the, the demeanor, the love, and the characteristics? Paul, I hope as I age, 
I hope I get your age one day. I probably won't, but I hope I age like you, brother. So thank you so much for that. Let's give the Lord another hand clap. BBS week, about Matthew chapter 19. And I'm going to be talking this morning. I, don't, I rarely ever do a topical message, maybe a couple of years, but this morning is a topical message because it's BBS. And I love what Byron said. It's more relaxed and, and things like that. Uh, but I'm going to talk about why is VBS important. The first point I'm going to mention in this is because Jesus loves children. And notice what he said, what the Bible says in verse 13. Very familiar passage. Then little children were brought, brought to him that he might put his hands on them and pray, but the disciples rebuked them. It's always the super spiritual. Think about that. It's always the super spiritual that get in the way of children coming to Jesus. It's sad, isn't it? His disciples rebuked them. That's a strong rebuke. Get them away, he said. But Jesus said, Let the little children come to me, and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and departed from there. Let's pray together. Father, VBS is so important. Father, we know that you love children, and Lord, it's our mission to reach the kids. That's what you've called us to do. The Great Commission is not just about adults. Lord, the majority of people that are in this congregation today were born again before they were 18. Because a church, a parent, a person understood that you love children, and children can be saved just as easily as adults can be saved. And Father, we've set aside a whole week to reach children. And Father, I pray that you be honored and glorified through every meal that is prepared, every song that is sung, every skit, every play, every craft, the whole nine yards, Lord. I pray that you be honored and glorified. And Lord, if just one child comes to know you as Lord and Savior because of this, it's worth it. Lord, we've had as many as 80 decisions and as few as one. And Lord, the one is just as important as the 80. So Father, you're sovereign over that. Well, Lord, you've also told us to work hard, and that's what we're going to do this week. And Lord, I want to thank you for a church that is not afraid to reach kids. And I pray that I, this church, anything we do would be a hindrance to children come to know Jesus because you love them so much. And we'll thank you and praise you for what you alone can do. In Jesus' name I pray, and all of God's people said together, amen. Thank you, baby. When you think about VBS, people ask us about revival. VBS is our revival. More is accomplished through VBS in this church than any revival this church has ever had. We set aside about $9,000 for one week. All right, When you tithe, when you tithe here, $9,000 or more is set aside for just this one week. We'll serve this week, depending on who comes, all right, between 1,600 meals and 2,000 meals. Think about that, this week. We'll have more people serve this week than probably the entire year here at East Hillsville Baptist Church. We'll have more lost people on our, in our facilities this week than any other time of the year. You think about Christmas and Easter, as a whole, there'll be more people that don't know Jesus on this property all right, than any other time of the year. This is important. What we're doing is important. And if you're serving this week, thank you. It's very important. You're a missionary this week. Okay, You're a missionary this week. 25% of all baptisms in the Southern Baptist Convention happen because of VBS Week throughout the country. So this is very important, but why is VBS important? 
Number one, Jesus loves children. Notice the verses up here on the screen. And at the end of the service, I'll go ahead and tell you, if you're a VBS worker, and if you don't feel comfortable doing this, this is fine. We typically pray for our VBS workers, and we're going to commission you this week. We're going to ask you to come up to the, to the altar, spread out as far as you can. In our church, and you can spread out as far as you can, we're going we're to get around you, and we're going to pray for you because we think it's that important. Notice, the little children were brought to him. Now think about this. One of the things that struck me is parents were not afraid to bring their kids to Jesus in that day. Jesus was a, was a rabbi, and typically that didn't happen. But the parents felt like that they could bring their kids to Jesus to put his hands on them and pray. Now notice, but the disciples rebuked them. The disciples said, stay away. The super spiritual, the elite, the 12 men that God called, that Jesus called himself, the majority of them rebuked these parents and said, keep the children away from us. But Jesus said this, let the children come to me. Notice, let the children come to me. Parents, if you're watching online, God's will for your life is to bring your kids to church because here they're going to hear about Jesus. Let the children come, which means, look at the word let, you have a choice. You have a choice this week, whether to bring your kids or not. I'm amazed at how, how many times parents will say, well, we were going to bring them, but... That but could be the difference between heaven and hell for your child. Do you realize that? It could be the difference between heaven and hell for your child. But you say this, but. But. Jesus said, let the little children come. That's your choice. And do not forbid, or that word could be hinder them. Do not hinder them. Oftentimes I ask myself as a pastor, am I doing things in my life? Do we have programs set up? Do we have rules in a church that hinder kids from coming? If so, they should be abolished. You do not hinder the children from coming to Jesus. In another part, another gospel, it says Jesus was angry at the disciples. Mad. He was so upset. I think one version put it this way, if I can, if I can find it in my notes. One version put it this way. And I can't find No, but Jesus, it says this. The Message Bible says this. But Jesus was irate and let them know about it. Because they were hindering the children from coming. I like what Mark MacArthur said. He said, Jesus' willingness to embrace children and bless them, according to Mark 10, 16, he took the children into his arms and placed his hands on them and blessed them. He says this. No wonder parents love Jesus. If you show kindness to my children, it means more than if you show kindness to me. Little children are smarter than we think. They know when they're loved and they respond with love to those who love them. No wonder children flocked to him. Think of it. The parents wanted their children to come to Jesus. The boys and girls were not afraid of him. He picked them up in his arms. He put his hands on them and blessed them. Their innocent helplessness appealed to the king. And the only people that were mad about it were the super spiritual. Parents weren't mad about it. Jesus wasn't mad about it. The super spiritual was. Jesus goes on to say in verse 5 of another part that talks about this, he said, whoever welcomes a little child like this in my name welcomes me. So if you welcome children this week, Jesus would say this, you are welcoming me. We should ask God to save our children at an early age. There's no age limit on salvation. We should ask God to save our children at an early age. We should remove all hindrances that keep children from coming to Jesus. This should be the most welcoming place in Alexander County for kids. Amen. I invited a family to church. I invite everybody to church. But this family came. The man couldn't come. 
lady came, and she may be here today. She don't mind if I share this, but she had a little baby and a child. Now think about how hard it is for one person to bring a little baby and a child. There's some of you at home today watching on Facebook because you couldn't get here. And I'm not, I'm not bad-mouthing you. All right? I'm just saying it's hard for a, a, one person to get a little baby and a child to church. But, but she got to come that morning. Her husband didn't get to come because of work. And I remember that morning. It's not been that long ago. The baby started crying. And I felt bad for her because she's a visitor. All right? And the baby was crying and crying and crying. Which doesn't bother me at all. I could care less if your babies cry. But she got up. I remember her getting up, having to leave her kid there. And then she had to walk out. Right? And then she inboxes me on Facebook. I'm so sorry. I said, why are you sorry? She said, because my child was crying. I said, I don't care. It's a beautiful noise, is it not? It's a beautiful noise. I said, do you realize? And I said, now, my vision's not as good as it used to be, all right, even with these glasses on. But I said, do you realize as you were walking out, and I kind of just glanced back there, I said, I saw three dudes asleep. <laughs> really, I did. Three, look at your neighbor and say, wake up, by the way. Three people, I said, listen, and I said, they may have had legitimate reasons to sleep. I know it wasn't because of the preaching, but I said, it might, I don't know why they were sleeping, but I said this, this is what I told her. And I said, I'm not being mean, but I'd rather have babies crying than men sleeping in my church. Y'all got that? I'd rather have your babies crying than guys sleeping in my church. I'd rather. We will not forbid the children to come to East Hazel Baptist Church. Amen. Bring your kids, crying and all. I don't care. If you want to take them to extended session or nursery, that's fine. If you don't, I don't care. Bring them. Bring them. The second thing is this. Not only does Jesus love the children, but Christians can, now notice, and will serve this week. Notice this verse on the screen. I love this verse about spiritual gifts. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given us, God sovereignly gives us different gifts. All right. Now, I have the gift of preaching. There are a hundred and some churches in Alexander County that all have the gift of preaching, most of them. You don't have that gift, and that's okay. Aren't you thankful you don't have to worry about that and speaking? Some people have the gift of teaching. Some people don't. That's God's, that's God's sovereign plan for your life. If you don't have the gift of teaching, don't worry about it. Don't teach. Okay? Some people have the gift of all these different things, but notice what he says. Use them. If you've if you got the gift of prophecy, then prophesy. That's what I'm doing in proportion to your faith, to our faith. Now notice this. This is what I love, or ministry. You know what ministry is? Anything. Anything you do in Jesus' name is a ministry. This week at BBS, you, what you're doing is just as important as what I'm doing today. It's your ministry, which opens it up to everything. Some of you will get up here and dance during the singing time. Aren't you glad I'm not doing that? I mean, I'm, I'm not a good dancer, Okay. But that's your ministry for this week. Some of you will sign kids up. That's your ministry for this week. Some of you will work and serve meals. That's your ministry for this week. Just as important as what I'm doing. Some of you, and I listed some of the things down here. Some of you will do crafts. Some of you will do the video time. Some of you will do the storytelling. Some of you will do the sound, the music, all these things. All these things. And think about this. I've had people say this, I can't teach. I said, well, you can lead a ch child around this week. You can do that. You don't have to worry about being a teacher. Some of you will be crew leaders. Now, how many of you have ever been a crew leader during BBS? Just raise your hand. You guys are champions. How many of you have ever been a crew leader for the three- and four-year-olds? Just a few of us. Let me tell you what my wife did one year. 
One year. One year. I got a good idea. What is it? Let's be a crew leader for three and four-year-olds. Okay. Good idea, right? Good idea. Good idea. Let's get cute little kids, okay? So we're in this room, all right, a Sunday school room with all the, we had a bunch of kids, three and four-year-olds. And she said, here's your job. You just take care of the boys. And I was the only guy in there as a bunch of girls because you, you men are weak, spineless cowards, and you will not be crew leaders for three- and four-year-olds. That's why. But she said, you're going to do the boys. And I said, okay, what's my main job? Take the boys to the bathroom. No, no worries. I can do that. They're boys. First kid, I got to go to the bathroom, three-year-old. Three-year-old, all right? So here's what we do. Okay, I'm trying to be, <laughs> trying to be nice about this. He goes in there, pulls his pants down, sits on the toilet, looks like Old Faithful. And I went, what is this? I started screaming. I'm not lying. I said, what are you doing? And I just run out of the room, and I'm like, Renee, get in there and get this kid. Get this kid. What is he doing? You know, I wasn't prepared for that. I didn't know you had to bring a rain suit to be a crew leader. <laughs> then, then we had the crying kid. They're all boys, right, because that's my job. As soon as the kid saw me, he starts crying. I remember meeting his mom in the parking lot. The kid starts crying. I'm like, oh, is he going to cry all day? So my job with this kid was take him up and down the elevator for 30 minutes. That's all we did, up and down the elevator. Okay, up and down the elevator, up and down the elevator. Then we had the kicking kid. Kid walked in and starts kicking people. So what you doing kicking people? He just started kicking people, okay? And I, Renee says, you got to make sure you don't kick nobody. I said, okay, 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 okay? And then during family night, I had kicking kid, okay? We didn't want him kicking people. All the families are here. His mom and dad was in the balcony looking at me. So I had to hold him. And I just held the kid while we sang. You know, he said, you guys, you going to spin around? I said, I'll spin around. So when we spun around, I spun around with him. And he says, put me down. I said, you're a good kid. You're doing good. I'll put you down. Put him down. Start clapping. Where's kicking kid? I'm not lying. I look, turn around, and he sticks his head up two pews back. I'm looking at his mom and dad. I go back looking for him. Okay, where's kicking kid? Where's that kid? I don't know. He's, he's five pews down, stands up in the pew, waves at me. And I'm running back and forth trying to get this kid, all right? So this is what I told my wife. I'm going to counseling, okay? I've never recovered from three- and four-year-olds. I'll never do it again. God's not calling me to do that. I'm not a crew leader. But if you are, God bless you. Listen, think about this. Jesus said to lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. That just don't count with your money. That counts with your time and your talents. And what you're doing this week, you're doing what I can't do. I can't be one. I just can't do it. God hadn't made me that way, okay? I, I've tried, can't do it. But I appreciate you so much for you doing it. Because the difference you can make in a child in five days is amazing. You don't realize the difference you can make in a child's life. Just by spending a little bit of time, two, two and a half hours with some kid, and you don't know what that kid's been through or what he's going back home to. Hey, I've taken kids home. You hearing me? We've been doing VBS. We started VBS when I became pastor. So we need to do VBS. And we've learned a lot. All right? Through those years, I've taken kids home that I don't know into just bad home lives. But for two and a half hours that week, they could escape that. You don't realize the impact you can make in somebody's life. I'll tell you how important that is. I remember every teacher I've ever had Every ball coach I've ever had never went to Sunday school in my life. Can't say that. Never went to VBS in my life until the Lord saved me. But I guarantee you, if you'll just love a child, you're going to make a difference in them that they'll never, ever forget. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
See, Jesus loves the children. It's so important. All right? Christians can and will serve. You say, well, I hadn't signed up yet. Well, talk to Justin. He'll put you somewhere. We can use you here. Just encourage people. If there's already crew leaders, help the crew leader. That's what you can do because you're going to have those kids and you're going to take them to crafts. You're going to take them to, to the meals. You're going to take them to rec time. You're going to take them to story time. And you have an opportunity to make such an incredible impact in a child's life. One of my favorite theologians in the world said that his neighbor would come to his house every night of EBS and beep the horn. He said, I never went. Then he said, listen, when I was 14 years old, I finally went out in that car and got in. God saved me that week, and he was one of the greatest uh, theologians that we have alive today because of EBS. You don't realize the impact you could have. I've seen it firsthand. I see the other end of it. I see what you don't see. Okay? So when that word ministry is used, people say, I just want to serve the Lord. Well, serve the Lord this week. That's ministry. All these things that we're talking about is ministry. So see Justin if you can't be here every night. We understand that. People's work schedules are so different now than they used to be. All right? But just talk to Justin. Not only that, but the third thing is this, and this is so important. This is so important is this. The lost will be saved. I like what John MacArthur said. He said this, Most children can understand enough of the gospel to be saved. He says, I believe children can understand that they're sinners that Jesus died on the cross for their sins and rose again, and that Jesus will save them if they ask him to. He said, listen to what Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 3. He says, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures. Listen, how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ. Paul's telling Timothy, you can reach the kids. They reached you. How you've known from infancy, he says, the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ. And he goes on to say this. Some people question the validity excuse me, of childhood conversions, and they might argue many people who trusted in Christ as children never going to live for him. He says that's true, but it's also true of adults. The parable of the souls is about adults. 25% uh, of those were born again of the, of the examples Jesus shared. He says, the key, Jesus was saying this, we have to become like a child in order to be saved. He said, the key word is like. We need childlike faith in order to be saved. And these are the two things, humility or a feeling of helplessness and a dependency on somebody else to save us. That's why Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. He says, children function mostly on emotion rather than reason, yet Jesus said the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. MacArthur goes on to say, Scripture often compares believers to children. In fact, Jesus told, told those following him, Truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of God. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. See, when you're saved, you're just like a child. You're helpless and you're dependent. And you place your trust in somebody else. Notice, notice the power of the gospel. Notice this verse on the screen. It's one of my favorite verses and stories in the Bible. Paul and Silas are in jail. They're singing praises to God at midnight. There's a, the doors are open. There's an earthquake. And the Philippian jailer says, I'm going to kill myself. This guy had issues. This guy had bad issues. He's going to commit suicide because of this one event. And then Paul tells him not to do it. He says, sirs, notice the respect. This jailer talking to these prisoners. 
What must I do to be saved? Isn't that the greatest question ever asked? The greatest question ever asked me is, what must I do to be saved? Notice, believe. Paul is the greatest theologian that has ever lived. And he says this, believe on. That means to trust in, to cling to, to place your faith in something other than yourselves. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. That's a promise. If you're here today, you say, How, what must I do to be saved? Place your faith and trust in the resurrected Christ alone and God will save you instantly and, and eternally. He will. This Philippian jailer, the Bible says he was saved and eventually his whole household was saved. Notice what James tells us, the Lord's brother, the importance of reaching people. He says this, brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth, and the great question and debate is in, in every uh, commentary I have, is he talking about Christians or non-Christians? Number one, it doesn't matter. But it's almost like he's talking to somebody who's made a profession of faith, but they really weren't saved. Okay, wanders from the truth. Now, look at the word truth. I like what Stephen Cole said. This is what's so important about the gospel. Notice the word truth up there. Stephen Cole says this, The Bible asserts that there is absolute spiritual truth that saves the soul and absolute error that damns. Now think about that again. The Bible asserts that there is absolute spiritual truth that saves the soul, which we'll be sharing this week, and absolute error that damns. That's why the church you go to is so important. That's why, that, is, that is why the church you take your family to give your money to, spend time in is so important. Because if the preacher's not preaching the Bible, why would you go there? We preach the truth. I appreciate churches in Alexander County that, that preach the truth because what Stephen Cole tells us is so important. And James would say the same thing, is this, the Bible asserts that there is absolute spiritual truth that saves the soul and absolute error that damns. That's why Paul says, if I or an angel from heaven... Preach another gospel. Let me and that angel be damned for eternity. That's what he says. It is so important. All the biblical writers would say the same thing about the truth. He says, brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone, I've always, I underlined that in my Bible when I first got saved. I said, I want to be someone. I want to be that guy. Here's why. If someone turns him, her, the child back, let him know God, and this is what James says, let him know, I want you to know this, almost like he's clapping his hands, that he who turns a sinner, unregenerate, from the error of his ways, look, will save a soul from death. I don't know what you're going to do this week. You may have the best week ever, you may make more money than you ever have, you may win a golf tournament, you may catch the biggest bass, and whatever the bass thing is. You may get an award, County commissioners may give you an award. I bet you it's not as good as saving a soul from death. What compares to that, people? Is there anything in your life, if you save one soul from death, it's the greatest thing you've ever done in your life? Think about that. There's two promises. If you turn him from the air of his ways, you save a soul from death, separation from God for eternity. And... You'll cover a multitude of sins. Think about all that God saved you from. I've had people say, yeah, in my past I did do this, 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 and then God saved me. I said, yeah, but he saved you from all this. Imagine if Hannah got saved. Me and Bobby talk about this all the time. Where would we be if God hadn't saved us when he saved us? All right, where would you be? I wouldn't even be here. I wouldn't even be alive, trust me. I wouldn't be here. But somebody from this church 
was a someone who turned me from the error of my waves, shared the gospel on a Tuesday night, and saved my soul from death, and covered a multitude of sins that, I'd already, that I would have committed. I'm 51. I think about all the sins I committed up until I was 20. Imagine those 31 years. But somebody shared the gospel with me. That could be you this week in a child's life, maybe even a parent that comes. We have parents that get saved through v- during VBS week quite often. So think about that for a minute. Think about the fact that God changes lives. And then the last thing is this, eternity, and we're talking about heaven or hell. Now think about hell for just a moment. Why do people go to hell? Because they die in their sins. That is, their sins have never been forgiven, atoned for, or covered. And so hell is where they pay for them forever. Do you realize that when God sentences a person to hell, it's a judicial act in heaven? He's a judge. Listen, if you're lost today, let me tell you this. If you die lost, you're going to court. You're going to court. And if you've never been to court, it's one of the most intimidating places you've ever been. Now, I went as a lost person before the Lord saved me. Then after the Lord saved me, I was asked by a family in the community, said, will you be a character witness for my loved one? I said, yeah, but that meant I was going to court. And I went and took the stand. And there was a lady judge, and she was wearing all black. And I remember sitting there, she said, state your full name for the court. And I said this, I'm Jamie Steele. <laughs> she said, speak up. And I went, oh, I was so scared, you know, because you're in court, right? I'm amazed that that day in court when I went, that all these guys were talking tough. Talking tough, I heard them. I'm not guilty, I'm going to tell this judge. Then they stood up before the judge, you know what they said? Absolutely nothing. Because you're in the presence of justice. Friends, let me tell you something. If you're lost today and you die in your sins, you'll get justice. Because you're going to stand before the judge. And the books will be opened, the Bible says. And you'll stand in your righteousness or in Jesus's. And you won't say a word. Romans 2 tells us that every mouth will be shut on that day. You think you're going to talk God out of something? No, you're not. You're not going to say a word. Absolute, you're going to stand before absolute holiness. See, when you stand before a judge in Alexander County, it's absolute justice you're standing before. When you stand before God, you're standing before absolute, positively holy. You know how God described, Jesus described, listen to what Jesus says in Luke 12. And I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body. And after that, have no more that they can do. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after he has killed, has power to cast into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. Think about just in Matthew's gospel. Jesus spoke about hell in Matthew 5, 7, 8, 10, 13, 18, 22, 23, 24, 25. Get the picture? He spoke about it often. And in one of his parables, he, he related inviting people to a wedding. And he said, the one who wouldn't come, he cast him, notice this verse, bind him hand and foot and cast him into outer darkness. Those are outer darkness when you think about eternity. I had scholars say this. I like how how one scholar put it. I believe it was Stephen Lawson. He talks about David in Psalm 51.3. When David said this, because he didn't confess his sin, my sin is ever before me, which means my guilt's always there. Is there anything worse than having all this guilt in your life? Now, David was what we would consider a Christian, but he didn't confess his sin, so his guilt was there. His sin was great, okay? But consider a person that's lost and how that guilt's there for eternity. Listen to what this scholar says. 
That is a taste of hell. Guilt never goes away. Guilt never will be relieved. The conscience is never silent. It cannot be silenced by psychological games that are played or drugged by some kind of medicine so that guilt is not felt. It will be felt. It will be felt relentlessly as all who sin feel the weight of guilt for that sin. All the sin of all the life of the sinner will be brought to bear upon that sinner in hell in an ever accusing conscience that never relents so that the eternal experience of one in hell will be experienced the experience of David my sin is ever before me thankfully David repented and God washed his sins away a lost person it never goes away when Jesus says outer darkness and I've said this before but I've heard other preachers say it it's kind of like what Jesus is talking about is eternal solitary confinement you hear people say this all the time. I can't wait to go to hell. I'm going to party with my friend, blah, blah, blah. God likens hell not to people on fire because fire is just a picture of judgment. But you're in solitary confinement for the rest of your lives. The most hopeless, worst place in Alexander County is at the prison in solitary confinement. Men in a little cell with their thoughts 23 hours a day get out for one hour. Rightly so. If you've never been there, it's not good. I've shared stories with you about it before because I've been there a couple times. Went to solitary confinement with Chaplain Redding, God rest his soul. He says, we're going to talk to the guy, we're going to give him this paper, and hopefully he gets out in a week. When I go down there, you hear all these men just screaming and yelling. Chaplain Redding says, is this preacher Jamie Steele from East Tales? And you hear all these bad things. Right? They didn't bother me. They're, they're behind the door. Right? But you're just thinking, I was talking to the guy that we went to see. I said, how long are you? He said, this, he said, man, listen, in this little cell, 23 hours a day, nothing but a, a bed and a bath and a toilet. That's all that's in there, sink. 23 hours a day. He said, this is awful. And he says, you believe in Jesus, man? I said, yeah, dude. I said, Jesus died on the cross, share the gospel with him. I ain't scared of hell. I said, oh, really? I said, you know what hell's like? Jesus likens it too. Eternal solitary confinement. And that guy just shut his mouth. Step back. Took about three steps back. He said, that's awful. I said, yeah, it's awful. And I said, one day you're going to stand before a judge that's righteous. And he's going to brightly, if you're, if you're not a Christian, determine that you're guilty and you're going to be in solitary confinement for the rest of your life. And you deserve it if you don't place your faith and trust in Jesus. Friend, aren't you thankful you can escape hell? Listen, the only way to escape hell is to place your faith and trust in Jesus. But thankfully, thankfully, when, it's, like, it's like one man said, hell is a punishment for sin. And the ultimate sin is rejecting Christ. Paul told the church at Thessalonica, he will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the majesty of his power. Wouldn't it be sad to be shut out from the majesty of God's power? MacArthur put it this way, the loss will not cease to exist, but will experience forever a life of uselessness, hopelessness, emptiness, and meaninglessness with no value, worth, accomplishment, purpose, goal, or hope. They will be ruined forever. As Leon Morris says, they pass into a night on which no morning dawns. There's never a passage in the Bible that says there's a second chance after death. That's why it's so important to share the gospel with children this week. The overwhelming majority, about 83% of all people in America that are born again are born again before they're 18. Overwhelming majority. So what you're doing this week is so important for eternity. 
You have, you have hell, and then you have heaven. This is my favorite verse in the Bible, and I'll, I'll tell you why. If you'll show Revelation 21, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death, sorrow, or crying. There should be no more pain for the former things have passed away. Because I've been with families. Listen, you had not seen what I've seen. You had not left hospital rooms with people you love that have just died. Some tragic, some ongoing health problems. It's just, and you're there and you're like, what, God, is this all life is? And then God will bring this verse back to mind. Better days ahead, preacher. Better days ahead. Better days ahead. If that person's placed their faith and trust in Christ to be absent from the bodies and be present with the Lord. I remember a young person in the county. When we went to the hospital, I think Mark was with me. It was full of young people from the high school. Car wreck. You're just praying and praying and praying. I was there when the person passed away, their family. It was awful. You just cry your eyes out. That's all you know to do. What, what else are you going to do? You know? And you're like, God, what? What? And God brings this verse back to mind. There's going to come a day where there's no more death. Aren't you thankful? No more pain. No more crying. How many times have you cried in this life because you were so sorrowful over this life? But better days are ahead, and only those who know Jesus will experience that. doesn't have anything to do with your race, how you're brought up, your education, your financial status. None of that matters. Aren't you thankful? It's just, have you placed your faith and trust in Jesus? Friends, this week is so important. We are responsible for the kids in Alexander County. This church has been blessed. We know the gospel. You, you all have been equipped. You've taken faith, you've taken everything, all right? There's no excuses, but we're responsible. I've showed you this picture before. Back in 2007 is the first time I showed this picture. I'll show it to you again. Tim Tebow just recently shared this at a passion conference, and everybody's talking about it, and it brought back to mind this picture. Now, look at this picture real good. This is in Sudan, okay? This picture was called The Vulture and the Little Girl or The Struggling Girl. It was, it was photographed by Kevin Carter. And this child is reported to be attempting to reach a United Nations feeding center about a half a mile away. So she's about a half a mile away. It's really turned out to be a boy, all right? But they didn't know it at the time. But this, she's called, he's called a girl here because it looks like a girl. And Kevin Carter took this picture in the Sudan. He took a lot of pictures. Don't, I would tell you, you can go online and look at them, but I would encourage you not to. He took this in 1993. This little girl is trying to get to a feeding station. There's other pictures of the, girl, of the person trying to get to a feeding station. okay? And this vulture just keeps hopping along. Hopping along. You hearing what I'm saying? Now look, Kevin Carter's over there. It's his job to take pictures. In 1993, he took a picture. In 1994, he won the Pulitzer Prize for this picture. And when he won the Pulitzer Prize, he got a lot of notoriety for the picture, but when he won the Pulitzer Prize, he started getting letters. What an amazing picture. What's the little person's name? How did you feel? And then they asked this one question. What happened to the girl? What happened to her? It devastated him. Because you know what he did? He smoked a cigarette, packed up his camera, and left. For four months, it ate at him. That and other things. And four months later, he commits suicide. 
What happened to the girl? What happened to her? Friends, listen. My biggest fear in life is that I'll pastor a church with a $1.4 million budget, facilities like no other in this county, and God asked me what happened to the girls. What happened to the boys in Alexander County? What did you do with your time and your talents and your treasure? You're leading a church of 1,500 people. What happened to the girl? I'm going to ask Bev to come if she will and place. Just bow your heads and close your eyes. If you're here today and you've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus, everything I said about hell is real. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm not begging you to get saved. I'm not begging you. If you've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus, pray a prayer simply like this. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died on the cross and rose from the dead. I'm a sinner and I need, your, I need to be saved. And I place my faith and trust in you today. If you're here today and you have lost people in your neighborhood, would you just pray for them? Pray for their salvation. Lift VBS up. If one person comes to know Jesus, it's worth it all. We're just giving people the opportunity to be saved. Pray a prayer like this. God, use me. Here am I. Send me. And then as Bev plays silently, I just want everybody to open their eyes and look at me. Every VBS worker, will you meet me here at this altar? If you don't feel comfortable, that's fine. But you come down here to this altar. We want to pray for you. Just come on up and just spread out across the, the altar. I'm going to ask Justin if he will to come up here. Appreciate Justin and Courtney and all their hard work this week and his leadership. You guys will just come up and spread out. Let's give them a hand clap as they come down. Thank you so much. If y'all come on down and just spread out if you feel comfortable. And then as a church, if you can, would you come up here too? We're going to get around them and pray. So if you'll just stand up, we're going to close the service out this way. This is how important we believe this is. Uh, God has blessed this. We do this every year. Well, of course, we couldn't do it last year. But we're going to commission you guys this week. Thank you so much. You're going to do what I can't do this week. And I appreciate it. Listen, every person you come in contact with, you have an opportunity to be a tremendous example to them. And I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart as your pastor for the time that you're willing to take out of your week and serve. So we're going to close this service. I'm going to let Justin pray. And after he prays, he may have an announcement or two, and then he'll dismiss us, okay? Thank you so much. Let's pray. Lord, we uh, thank you for this opportunity we have to meet here uh, in this auditorium. Lord, you've given us uh, such a great facility, a platform that we will be able to to decorate, Lord, and to, just to prepare a week ahead of time for uh, all of these uh, kids who will be entering this room this week. And Lord, as we've talked about this morning, there will be kids who come from single-parent homes, uh, homes where they may just live with their grandparents, or um, Lord, it's from all walks of life. And uh, Lord, we just pray for them as they come that this would be a safe place, Lord, uh, an escape for them. And Lord, uh, as they come, Lord, I pray that they would just see uh, many smiling faces smiling back at them. And um, Lord, we just ask that 
through our efforts that uh, even though they may seem weak and feeble at times that we would band together and Lord, we would be able to share the gospel this week um, in a clear way Lord where there is no confusion and Lord that if a student does decide to follow you uh, with their life or that it would be a genuine decision a decision that we can uh, come alongside them and cultivate Lord and disciple them um, and Lord I just want to pray uh, a minute here for all these volunteers who are down here um, Lord there will be hundreds of kids here and there's only myself and my wife and so VBS is completely impossible uh, without the help of you and Lord without the help of all these generous people uh, down here at this altar Lord I just want to pray for them uh, Lord as they come from long days at work and Lord they uh, begin second shift here at East Hillersville and Lord I pray that you give them all strength Lord you give them all um, health Lord uh, and uh Lord, I just want to pray for their homes as well. I know something this week is going to go awry. Somebody's air conditioner is going to go out. Somebody's car is going to break down this week. Um, Lord, there'll be many things that happen this week out of the blue. Uh, and Lord, we just pray for those situations. Um, and Lord, you continue to make ways for everyone to be able to, to come and to serve, Lord. And if something happens and they can't come, Lord, make it a way for us to be able to, to go and to, to serve them as well this week. And um, Lord, again, we just ask that you would uh, just flat out help us this week, Lord. We we cannot do this um, on our own. It's such a it's a big task. And uh, Lord, again, thank you for a church that's uh, behind us. Lord, a church that's willing to serve alongside of us, Lord. And Lord, I pray maybe for somebody here in this audience who has maybe never helped with VBS. Lord, I pray that this year we might be their their first year. And Lord, they would get plugged in and see the uh, the great time that we have as we we serve uh, students this week. And um, Lord, thank you for Jamie's message. Lord, apply it to our lives, Lord, so that we can be uh, more like you when we leave this place. Lord, we ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.